promise I'm not just standing back and seeing who puts something in. <laughs> it's good to see you all. Really glad to be here together um, all the time, but certainly in this season when we celebrate what Jesus has done for us. Um, and just one of the things that Jesus has done for us as a people is he's released his Holy Spirit among us. And when the Spirit is present, then uh, the Word of God comes forth. And hopefully I'm going to do that in just a few minutes I'm going to speak. But somebody gave me a word during um, worship, and I felt like it applied to what we're doing this day and this season. And if you can see what's happening with the jars up here. Um, Pam Copeland, longtime member of this church and someone who has spoken to me the Word of the Lord many, many times, just wrote this. He offers a new normal. That, that's a word from God for some of us here this morning. Very specifically, he offers a new normal. And I want to put it out to you as that invitation, because as you're listening to the message, listening to the voice of the Lord in, in your own spirit in the next 20 or 30 minutes, I want you to think about and imagine and, and open your heart to ask God, how, God, might you be offering me a new normal in this coming year related to hope? First week of Advent, we talked about hope, and we had you come and, and write prayers for hope or prayers for hope for others in your life that need hope. And so at the end of the service, I'm going to give you a chance to come up and write your prayers for hope. And then we'll be uh, uh, praying for these, and um, these will be a part of our service on Tuesday. Maybe the Lord's offering you a new normal this year for peace. And, and you need the peace of God that passes all understanding. And you know that you know that you need it. And you know that your current normal is not the Lord's normal for you related to peace. Maybe, you know, um, from last week's message, you felt that sort of longing for joy. And you realize that I, I know my, my joy level. I got a friend who says, how's your joy level? You know, I hate when he says that. <laughs> no, I don't. It just reveals what I live in sometimes, right? And the Lord offers to us as his people a new joy level that becomes a new normal, not just a mountaintop experience, but a true new normal of joy. And uh, today, you see, we're, we're empty here because we need love. <laughs> we, we need love. And so I'll give you the opportunity at the end of the service to come forward and to write your prayers for your own need for love or those in your life that need the eternal, the divine love of Jesus in their lives. And so just to let you know, this this is the ministry time where you come and bring your prayers to the Lord. And we fill these jars with our prayers to agree with heaven about a new normal, Not, not just, you know, in the kingdom, but right here personally for you, for this body, for your family and for the city, the, the church in the city of Indianapolis. Okay? Let's pray. God, thank you for your offer of grace and peace, hope, joy, love. And those aren't just Christmas card words. Those are your declaration over us as your people. So, Lord, let them flow here this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's hard to go from that prophetic word into my um, extremely entertaining introduction to the message, but I'll do it anyway, (laughs) Uh, because this is how it hit me um, this week. 
is we're, we're in this series we're calling The Invitation. And so we've talked about an invitation to hope, an invitation to peace, an invitation to joy, and this morning an invitation to love. And what popped into my mind was RSVPs. And personally, RSVPs are tricky these days, I think. Does anyone, by the way, know what RSVP stands for? All right, just, we need a French guy. Bill. All right. In other words, let us know what's going. You know, are you coming or not? S'il vous plaît. That means please. It just sounds nicer than R. All right. So you get an RSVP. You know, you get an invitation these days, and you're supposed to RSVP. Some of the old ones, if you remember this from an old wedding or something, they would uh, they'd be real elaborate, and then they would just have an M and then a line, right? And I'm always thinking to myself, what are they looking for there? Like, if it's a French RSVP, are they looking for uh, Monsieur and Madame Gooder will be there? Or Mr. Gooder will be there? Or Master Gooder? Or Meister Gooder? Or, like, what are they looking for in the RSVP? And it's sometimes hard to know. And then on the bottom, it'll say, and how many are attending? And it gets confusing, maybe just because I'm stuck on perfection. But, like, when I put that number in there, is that including me or not including me? Am I the only one that has struggled with this? Even in the, like, the, uh, you know, the, what do you call it? <laughs> Computer world? <laughs> Evites, you know, even those aren't completely clear to me, you know, except I do like the fact that you can now say maybe, which is just my way of saying, like, if I feel like it at the time, <laughs> I will be glad to come. And if I don't, just assume that I had something better to do or I don't know. You get those ones, and you're thinking to yourself, it's confusing. I don't know how, how to RSVP. I don't know what to do. So you set it aside, and you say, I'll figure it out later. And then you get the call or the text or the angry confrontation. Are you coming or not? Right? Especially for me. Since you're doing the wedding, we just want to know, will you be there? Right. No pressure. So Mary, here's the segue, Mary gets an awesome invitation in our passage from this morning. And I just want you to to look at it like that. I just want you to listen to the passage. It's not going to be on the screen. So you can close your eyes and open up the eyes of your heart and the ears of your understanding. And let this very familiar story be new to you as you hear about Mary's invitation from heaven and then how she responds. This is from Luke chapter 1. And this is the word of the Lord. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. 
since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. That's an awesome invitation. (laughs) You know, and a billion uh, messages have been preached on it. So just sit back and enjoy one billion and one. Because I think that the scripture speaks to us and by the Holy Spirit, there's an invitation to us this morning. And I'll skip to the good part. The invitation is to surrender to divine love. What happened in Mary's life is the Lord asked her, will you cooperate with the birth of divine love in your own body, soul and spirit and into the world? And Mary's response was surrender. So the angel comes to Mary and she says, you're a favored one. It's like the angel comes and says, here's your truest identity. No matter what you might think of yourself, Mary, favored one, the favorite of God. And she says, you found favor with God. That is the never ending blessing that goes with the identity of being the the favored one. Adjective, you're favored. Noun, you get the favor. It's, it's, it's true about you, and here's what you get as a result of what's true about you, the favor of God. It's like the angel saying, you've been pursued with grace and surrounded with favor. You've been honored with God's blessing. You're not just accepted, but you're honored with a, a special blessing from God, and it's because he loves you. I mean, that is, that's what... Uh, the root of this word favor, charis, is just the Greek word for grace and, and explains the heart of God towards the people that God has made. In this case, it's Mary. God's saying, I give to you a gift that brings joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness. These are all the extra meanings of charis or grace. He says, I give you my goodwill, my loving kindness, my favor. Not because of what you've done. Not because you're such an awesome person. Not because of, you know, you've kept the law perfectly. None of that's in the scriptures. But just because I've set my love upon you, Mary, and I'm inviting you to experience the favor of God. Now, the root of grace, I'm not talking in terms of language. I'm talking about in terms of quality. The root of grace, a gift given, is love. And the, the root of divine grace is divine love. And the recipient of divine love is the recipient of, the, of divine favor, God's goodness, God's nearness to us. If you're a recipient of divine grace, then you are the divinely loved. Wouldn't that be a good Christmas card? Dear divinely loved. Sounds more like Valentine's Day. With God, every day is Valentine's Day. It's all about love. I won't go into any songs or music. 
I set him up every time. God's greeting to Mary reveals that she's special to God, that she's got a place in God's heart and that that place is unique. It's like God saying, I made you, I know you, I love you, I accept you, and I give my favor to you. But here's what I want you to hear. Those words to Mary are God's words to us. Hear it again. Those words to Mary, in as real a way as Mary experienced this, are God's words to us. And you're thinking, whoa, Randy, we don't need any more Savior babies out there, right? But I want you to follow me. The angel says Mary was favored by God. Ephesians 2.8 says we're favored by God. By grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's what? The gift of God. The angel says the Lord is with you. God was with Mary, but the scripture is so clear. God is with us, right? I mean, look all through John 14 to 17. Jesus, I am with you. I'll be in you. You're the light of the world because I'm, I'm near to you. Matthew 28 sends the disciples out into the world and says, don't worry because I'm with you everywhere you go even to the ends of the earth. No matter what happens, I'm there. Hebrews 13, 5 to 6. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, says Jesus to you. God showed Mary his love and his, and his favor by planting his love within her. Literally. The love of God planted in Mary's womb to come forth as the Son of God, Jesus the Savior. And Romans 5.5 5 says that the love of God has been planted in our hearts. Paul says hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been spread abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit whom I've given to you. So I just, I just want you to know I'm not doing any uh, uh, hermeneutical funny business up here. The word of the Lord to Mary through the angel is the word of the Lord to you and to me which means that the same offer to Mary is the offer to us to exchange our broken lives for wholeness, our anxiety for peace, our despair for hope, our temporal sadness. Mary was going to go through, through some difficulty even after Jesus was born, right? The mother of the Christ. But her temporal sadness into eternal joy. The love of God was born into the world through Mary's womb. And the love of God is made manifest in the world through the people of God. And that's us. So I'm, I'm, put, I'm laying it on thick because we've got to understand when we hear this Christmas story, it's not just way back then and special things and fluttering angels. Though I did love the way the angel Gabriel came in. If you were here for the marionette, if you missed the marionettes, you missed a lot, including a donkey. Just saying for next year. The angel would come in and then this beautiful voice of a friend of mine would say, the Lord is with you, right? But this is not just a mystical moment. This is reality for the people of God. This is God's word to you this morning. We're the people redeemed and created by God, favored ones. And we have a special place in the heart of God, just like Mary had a special place in the heart of God. We are the object of God's unimpeachable, I use that word purposely, God's unimpeachable favor. You know what that means? I won't go into politics. I'll stand right in the center and say, God has destined to put his love on you and there's no debate. 
There aren't, there's no division. There's no disagreement in heaven. If, if, there, if there was a trial about your love, it would be, Father, I love him. Son, I love him. Holy Spirit, I love him. And guess what? God's love to us is unimpeachable. If we could walk with that kind of confidence, nothing, Romans 8, I won't veer off into that passage, but nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not anything above or below, not what other people think of us. Life-changing. Isn't that a part of the journey with Jesus? It's just walking through day after day. I love the way Nate said it. Glory to glory. You love me here. Oh, you love me here. I'm kind of at a low point. You still love me. I'm doing great. You still love me. So let's take a brief, and I mean a brief look at Mary's response to God. This invitation that Mary RSVPs to. She's a little bit like me in that she doesn't say yes right away. And I I like that. I appreciate Mary as an honest human being having an encounter with the Lord. So Mary's first reaction, if you think about it, uh, Mary was greatly troubled. Her very first reaction to an invitation from God. The angel says, greetings, your favored one. And Mary's like, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Right? This is like a summons. She was troubled by the greeting. She's like, wait a minute, this is a little bit scary for me. And so the angel has to say, this is the literal translation, chill out, Mary. Be cool. I promise, this is good news. Mary's having an encounter with God, and she's afraid because she doesn't realize that she's about to get a divine uh, invitation to be impregnated with the love of heaven and carry that and then bear it into the world. And so she asked a a legitimate question. (laughs) What does this mean? Right? It's a fair question between God's people and God. When God says, hey, I'm here and I've got something to say, and don't worry, you know, my grace is on you. I'm going to give you a big gift. Sometimes the first question is legitimate. Like, wait, wait, hold on. What does this mean precisely? And you know why I think me getting into the mind of Mary Why she asks this question, what does this mean? The angel says the Lord is with you, right? Mary's a good Jewish girl. She knows the Old Testament scriptures. The Lord was with Abraham. Then he had to leave his home, not knowing where he was going, and then was asked to sacrifice his own son. That's, wait, you're with me like that? The Lord was with Moses, who had to give up all of his, you know, human riches get in trouble, go out in the desert for 40 years, and then look like a little weird in front of Pharaoh, and then get blamed for all the bad things that happened after he delivered the people of God, and not even get to go into the promised land. Read the end of the book. Wait, you're with me like that? And this is just what I'm imagining. The Lord says, the the angel says, I am with you. And, And Mary's thinking, Abraham, that was problematic. Moses, that was problematic. David. Oh, he was anointed king and then ran for his life. Hmm. So I think that Mary's going, what, what does this mean? <laughs> like, if you're with me, is this good news or bad news for me? Because I'm not really sure how to take this. So she's afraid. And I want to say this morning that we know First John 4, um, 
there is no fear in love, right? Just because there's no fear in love does not mean that an invitation to surrender to God's love is not a scary thing. I, I think we need to get that. You know, some, we, we, we throw around, and it's true, there is no fear in love. But then you look through the scriptures and you see these people walking in God's love. And God's consistently having to say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Because surrendering to divine love, saying to God, omnipotent, whatever you want to do with me that, that you think is love, do it. That's just scary. <laughs> Unless I'm the only one. And let's recognize and acknowledge that love being planted in a human looks pretty awkward to the rest of the world. You know, Mary's trying to deal with this, you know, what does this mean? And then the angel starts explaining how this is going to go down. And, and let's just take our cue from Mary that love being planted in a human life looks pretty awkward to the world. Can you, you imagine, just imagine Mary trying to go around and explain how this all works and I can't explain why I'm this big. It's God, right? You feel that way sometimes? You're down in the dumps. The, the joy of the Lord comes on you. You're laughing right in Satan's face, and people ask you, what's wrong with you? Do you not realize? You go, I can't help it. I'm pregnant with love. What am I going to do? God's here. He said he'll never leave me. Love planted in a human life looks awkward. If we avoid all awkwardness, we also avoid all miracles, Right? Just write that one down. That was pretty good. So Mary asks, what kind of greeting is this? What does this mean? And the angel answers, here's what God's favor means to you. Here's what it means that I'm with you. I'm about to pour divine love into you, and you'll bear that love into the world. How's that sound? And Mary's second response, the second part of her RSVP, is basically, say what? Like, literally, how is that going to work? is what Mary asked. Like, how can this possibly be? How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since, I mean, let's just give me a little biology here, since I'm a virgin. Because I've read Song of Solomon, and I know Psalm 139, and I know how this works. And I don't see the mechanism here for creating life in this human body. And so she asks, I think, again, a legitimate question. She's like, I, I hear you, God. I, I love you. I trust you. But, but how is this going to happen? You've got this remarkable word that you've given to me, God, and I just can't see how it's going to play out. Now, I bring it up because how many of us have remarkable words from God? Remarkable words from God. Prophetic words someone gave you, a knowing that you know, a scripture, a promise, a calling, a vocation. I won't ask how many have completely fulfilled their calling and every word has, has come true and you've seen it. You wrote the book about it, right? No, that, that's not where most of us are. Most of us have this miraculous word or words over our lives, a knowing that God has called us for something. And most of us, it's just more than what I'm currently experiencing, right? More hope, more peace, more joy, more love, something. And I think it's legitimate for us to say to the Lord, how's this going to work? Let's not hear in Mary's question doubt. Because the angel doesn't come down on her, right? The angel actually explains. 
So let me just say, it's okay when God gives you a word or he brings it back up again for you to say, God, I, I trust you. I love you. I believe you. But how is this going to work? You can ask that question. Just be ready for God's response, which will most likely be the response that the angel gives to Mary. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, I got, you know, the angel's like, don't worry about that. It's the Holy Spirit's going to come on you and then you'll be pregnant. And then the power of the Most High will descend upon you and other details that I won't mention. And you'll be pregnant, right? If we're going to ask God the hard question, but God, how is this going to be? We've got to be ready, too, to surrender to God's answer, which is, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. In other words, Mary, it's not by your will or power that love will be born into the world, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Right? And, you know, to Vineyard, it's not by your will or power that Castleton will be changed, the glory of God will come, and revival is sent into the, to the nations. And, you know, revival happens here. People grow up in their faith and go off to spread the, the love of Jesus. No, it won't be by your will or power, but it'll be by my spirit, says the Lord. And to you this morning, right here, follower of Jesus, just sitting in your seat, minding your own business. It is not by your will or power that this promise from God will be born in your life, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We've got to be ready for God's answer to our legitimate question. What does this mean? But how will this work? And the angel says, the Holy Spirit. Finally, I think that answer brings Mary to her final, the final part of her RSVP, which is one word, surrender. That's that's the one word response. You know, she types back in the email, "Um, what's this mean? God's with you, it'll be cool. Uh, how's this going to work? Power of the Lord will be there for you. And finally, she types back, I surrender. I'll do it. Literally, she says, may it be, just a couple of Greek words, may it be to me according to your word. Just like everything that you just said to me, angel representing God, I'm good with it. She does not say, now that I fully understand, I'll accept this invitation. She doesn't say that. She says, God, if you're God, this is the word. You want to do a miracle. I don't understand how. I don't even understand why it's me. But if it's you asking, then I'm saying yes. That's surrender to divine love. That, that's that's how, how love gets filled up in the life of a believer. God pours it out by the power of the Holy Spirit. But we have a part in it. We say, yes, I surrender. We don't go working for love. We don't go uh, looking for love in all the wrong places. We don't, I'll just speak to myself for a second. We don't read eight books about love. No, we surrender to love. We surrender to love. And, And when we surrender to love, then love is born in us. And love is born, literally born. We bear the love of Jesus into the world. So for Mary, in the midst of a scary, awkward, this doesn't make sense, how's it going to work, Holy Spirit, can't, I can't explain it moment, she says, God, essentially, I was made to serve you, 
not you to serve me. So whatever you say for me, I say yes. That's the heart of surrender. So Mary, at the invitation of God, takes on a miraculous task without even knowing all the implications. And the favored one becomes fearless. And the wondering heart meets a heart of wonder. The like how, I don't know, all of a sudden looks up and says, there is the heart of wonder. And the God of wonder enters her life. And what happens changes the world forever. Changes the world forever. The destiny of the world and every human being conceived in it is changed for eternity by one woman's surrender to divine love. And what I said at the beginning is, the word to Mary is the word to us. What would happen if we individually, as a body, as believers, as broken parts of this thing, would say, I surrender to divine love. God, whatever you want, I want. If it's you calling, I say yes. This is a day to agree with heaven. I am loved and love is manifested in me. This is a day to agree with God's word over you and what is truest about you is what God says about you. My love is set upon you. Today's a day to agree with heaven. I'm, I'm loved. You, you love me and you've called me and nothing I can ever do will take that love away from me or separate me from the love of Christ that is in Jesus our Lord. I surrender to God's love today unequivocally. That's the invitation this morning. Let's stand. Lynn, will you come? I want you to take the next 5, 10, 15 minutes, as long as you want. We'll be here as long as you want. I want you to take it and respond to God this morning. I want, I'm going to ask you to come forward uh, in, in your response and, and write a prayer on one of the pieces of paper. Maybe it's love that you need in a specific area in your life or joy or peace or hope for you or for another. If I could ask the ministry team, why don't you guys come forward first and write your prayers and then the ministry team can go to the sides today. Ministry team can go to the sides and I want everyone else just to use this time of ministry first to come forward and just write it down. Lord, this is where I or someone I know needs hope. This is where I or someone I know needs peace. This is where I or someone I know needs love. This is where I or someone I know needs joy. And just let's be patient. Just bring your pen, get a piece of paper, and let's fill these jars, literally fill the jars with our agreement, our agreement with heaven that there's a new normal given to us this day, a new invitation to a new normal. So we're just going to do this. This is the, the ministry time. So come on forward, make lines, write your prayers. You'll see all these Tuesday night as we come back for the Christmas Eve service, and we're going to be worshiping Jesus, lighting the Christ candle to remember that Jesus is the one that releases peace and hope and joy and brought love into the world.
if after you've uh, written a prayer, as many as you want, by the way, write a book if you want, then the ministry team is on the sides there. So maybe you just want to go to someone and say, would you agree with me as I ask God for new peace, new hope, new joy, divine love? Maybe you need to go to someone today and say, I I just want to publicly surrender to the love that is Jesus. Maybe for the first time. Great. Come up on stage. You can go all the way around here on the tables. I just want to encourage you if you know if we follow the the RSVP the wedding theme. Th- this morning, I want you to look at this like you know when you say yes to a wedding, you got you get not to just not just to enjoy the the joy of watching two people united, but you get the buffet, right? This is like an open bar this morning, all right? (laughs) An open bar, and Jesus, who can give all to all, says, you need peace, come. You need hope, come. You need joy, come. You need divine and eternal, never-ending love, come. That's the promise of Jesus. Uh, we got <laughs> we got peace and hope over here. We got joy and love over here. Yeah. Just as you're coming, let me pray for all of us. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the true bridegroom. And Jesus, you've not only invited us to hope and peace, joy, and love in this time, in this place, but Jesus, you're coming again, and you're coming to reveal ultimate hope, and eternal peace, and never-ending joy, and the love that conquers all. So Jesus, come and do your work in us. Amen.